This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how you doing today? This is the interview I have been asked for. This is the interview that we need to hear, especially if you are in California. I have brought on once again, my landlord tenant attorney, John Caldwather. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, Michael. Thanks for having me. Well, let's get this out of the way first. We'll do this at again later. We are Your phone is going to be ringing off the hook after this video. So do me a favor, give, how do you want people to reach out to you? Is it your phone number? Is it your email? Is it online? How do you want it to happen? Let's hit that right now. If, you know, any possible prospective client is welcome to call the office, uh, area code 559-221-3111. And uh, again, that's 559-221-3111. And uh, my assistant Jasmine would be happy to set them up with a consultation. And, you know, we'll get everything uh, working out. Very cool. Well, the reason I wanted to get you back on is um, our lovely state government just passed, I think that's the correct word, or signed or whatever you want to call it, something called SB91. I have it affectionately called this Gavin Newsom stealing money from mom and dad. Uh, that might be a little harsh, but that's how I see it. It's my opinion. So I thought uh, I thought we should bring on an attorney to talk about what is SB91 correct me where I am wrong, highlight what it is and why landlords need to reach out to you, John, because this is, this is hot off the presses. They need to protect themselves. They have options and choices as the owner, as the landlord. But again, I think Gavin Newsom has put a gun to mom and pop's head and said blink. And I think that is just tragic. So uh, what is SB 91? Well, in a nutshell, it continues AB 3088 through the end of June. And as, uh, if you may recall from Assembly Bill 3088, there was this transition period, uh, which was originally ran from September 1 uh, through January 31, where tenants, if they submitted that declaration of distress to avoid eviction, they would only need to pay 25% of that September through January rent by the end of January. Uh, the legislature with uh, SB 91, at, at a basic level, they just extended that timeline through June 30. And so what that means is that uh, assuming the tenant signs the declarations of distress, uh, they are only required to pay 25% of the rent from September 1, 2020 through June 30, 2021 by June 30, 2021. And so what that means is uh, potentially you've had tenants that haven't paid rent since February of 2020, all the way through June 30 of 2021 and the, the landlord doesn't have the ability, if the tenant signs these declarations of distress, uh, to start that eviction until July uh, 1st. Uh, that's SB 91 at a very basic level. And I guess you could say there's a silver lining. Uh, Assemblyman uh, Chu and, and, and some of the others, they wanted a full year 
uh, extension of the. Well, protection. don't worry; they'll so, just come back and extend <laughs> it again. So, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I've got that reminder on my calendar uh, to look <laughs> to see what they're going to do June 30. And unfortunately, the longer this goes on, uh, you know, you're just the cliff is just going to get bigger and bigger, and it's just not going to be politically feasible to ever resolve the situation, at least in a way that's going to be uh, reasonable to the landlord. But SB 91 did provide uh, that there would be a state uh, program to reimburse landlords uh, for some of, of this rent that's uh, uh, kind of being uh, accumulated. And in a nutshell, uh, and this program hasn't come out yet. Right. Uh, I think the state's expecting it to be ready in March sometime. Although, you know, we see what a fantastic job they do with unemployment benefits. <laughs> yeah, but, $11 uh, billion dollars in fraudulent <laughs> claims. Good job, Gavin. You need yes, to go, exactly. buddy. Oh, they just blame it all on B of A. It was all their fault. Yeah, but right. uh, so sometime in March, uh, with any luck, the state will come out with this uh, application and it will allow either the tenant or the landlord uh, to uh, begin an application for assistance. And the deal is that if the landlord's willing to take a 20% haircut on the past due rent the tenant owes, the state will reimburse the rest. The landlord's not required to take that 20% haircut though. If they don't want to do that, uh, the state will pay the 25%, which is that mm -hmm. uh, you know, minimum amount that the tenant would need to pay to avoid eviction uh, starting in July. And then the landlord would have the option to sue the tenant uh, for the remaining amount starting in July through that small claims court process. Mm -hmm. What's concerning is that, and you know, this was just signed into law on Friday and you know, it hasn't been interpreted yet, but what's concerning is that the law seems to give judges the discretion to, uh, I'll use the word cram down the amount of past due rent mm. if the court believes that the a uh, landlord uh, prevented the tenant from applying for assistance or didn't uh, adequately follow through with that state procedure. And that's very scary. Uh, the, the legislation does not give any guidance to the court on uh, you know, an appropriate amount. And so I, you know, I would expect to see wide uh, ranges uh, depending frankly on the county and and the judge that you're in front of. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think it's very clear that the state's telling the landlords that you either need to participate in this program uh, or you know, you're gonna, going to uh, have some unknown consequences. Yeah, this, is, this, this is what I, again, this is, I am not sure why this is constitutional. We can talk about that later. But what basically what, again, I, what I said in my intro is, is I think Gavin Newsom and David Chu and these individuals have put a gun to every mom and pop landlord's head and said, you're going to take, take 80 cents on the dollar. And oh, by the way, we'll give it to you and blah, blah, blah. But let's realize what 80 cents on the dollar means. That essentially means you are giving more than two months of free rent to your tenant, which is not what you signed. The lease is not signed for. Uh, that guarantees you're losing money. Most landlords make nine cents on every dollar. So they're guaranteed to lose money. Now they're losing less money, but they're still losing money. Uh, I think this is another reason that the politicians are going to lose because mom and pop will probably take the money to limp through. And then as soon as they can, they are going to give everybody a 60 day notice, say, get the hell out. I want to sell my property. And they're going to sell it to owner occupants because the real estate market in California is hot. 
And we are going to see a dramatic fall in mom and pop landlords because the politicians are stealing. And I really believe they're stealing from mom and pop landlords. They're breaking the U.S. Constitution via the Fifth Amendment and the taking clause. And nobody's calling them on it. This is this is not okay, in my opinion. Well, Michael, I I think that the state is making it incredibly difficult for the individual landlord. Last time we talked about the Tenant Protection Act of 2019, the mm-hmm. statewide rent caps and just cause eviction requirements. Yep. Uh, you know, there's so many technicalities and California law that it's next to impossible for the mom and pop landlord to manage their own property. If, if you're going to do it, you almost need to have a, a professional management company to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a reduction in, in the number of properties available for rent. And, you know, I, I'm not an economist, but, you know, you might expect that to increase rents if there's fewer exactly. you know, available homes. I do play an economist on TV. I have an econ degree, an MBA in 20 years in real estate. That's what's going to happen. We're going to see after this finally gets by, right? I do think what's going to happen is mom and pop, because they have a gun to their head, they don't want to get shot. So they're going to take the 80 cents on the dollar and that's wrong. And then they're going to say, once we're through this, you know, June, July, August, September, shoot, January of next year, they're going to say, you know what? I'm tired of being a landlord in California. Here's a 60 day or 90 day notice. Get out. I'm going to clean up the property and I'm going to sell it. And there's going to be less available homes, which means rents are going to go up. And as you know, uh, the the 2019 law doesn't include single family homes. So we are going to see a dramatic rise in rents for single family homes. Well, what's scary about that, Michael, is if if the landlord did not serve the notice of exemption uh, last summer, the Mm. summer of 2020, then arguably even those single family tenancies Ah. may be subject to AB 1482. And that that was the tricky part of it. Oh, there you go. See, that's why you need an attorney like John. (laughs) Well, many landlords, they may not even know that the property is subject to these rules until, you know, the tenant gets an attorney and you may have years of rent increases that get invalidated and other issues. Uh, Even under our current COVID rules, landlords do have some options. If they need the tenant out of the property, they do have the the right to go out of business. Uh, And I'm not going to get into some of the technicalities of local rent controls in the Bay Area in LA, but assuming you're investing here in the Valley, you as the landlord have the ability to give a 60 day notice to your mm-hmm. month to month tenant. And uh, if it's uh, subject to 1482, you have to waive the final month's rent. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know that's still an acceptable cause uh, to terminate the tenancy, uh, yeah, even under the COVID protections. And you can also, you have your full variety of non-monetary lease violations, things like subletting, mm-hmm. uh, nuisance, uh, the, if there's destruction, safety, yes. yeah, all those, yeah, those types of things. Yeah. So uh, what, what I want to tell landlords, if you're in California, all the way from SoCal to NorCal, and you, you want to understand what SB 91 or any of these uh, landlord tenant laws are, I strongly recommend you reaching out to John because he stays on top of these. He was reaching out to me just as an example. He was reaching out to me to do this video before the law was signed because he'd already read it. He'd already discussed it and he knew this was coming. So folks, he is on top of these things. Uh, if you are a landlord in California, you don't have an attorney on speed dial. I strongly suggest you reach out to John. You add him to your team. Uh, and John, how do you want people to reach out? What's the office number again? 
It's uh, area code 559-221-3111. And again, just uh, Jasmine will be happy to set up a consultation with you. We'll get into the particulars of, of uh, your specific situation. And, you know, I'll tell you how to yeah. come out if yeah. you can. And he'll just tell you how it is. Sometimes you're screwed. <laughs> sometimes, the, sometimes the tenant played the game right. <laughs> it, well, it happens. We try to, we do, uh, you know, there's almost always a reason and it may not be the ideal reason it may require a longer notice, but we can, there are loopholes and everything. And we do our, our darndest to, to uh, leverage them, yeah. you know, to, you know, to get the best possible outcome. So uh, I, I, I'm curious, I open this with saying Gavin and I pick on Gavin cause he's the governing, I think he signed it. So why not pick on the guy that signed it? Is it fair to say when you looked at it, do you look at, at it as stealing from mom and pop landlords? Do you look at it as that harsh or maybe as an attorney, you can't say, and if you can't, I get it, but I'm just curious what you may have thought. I, what I, in my ideal world, what I would like to see is letting the judges uh, have some role in determining whether there is a COVID related financial hardship. Uh, Under this law, all the tenant is required to do is essentially sign this declaration under penalty of perjury. The tenant's not required to specify how they're affected by COVID unless the tenant earns more than $100,000 per year. And, right, uh, all these caveats. You know, yeah. Those types of requirements. Yeah. But I think other state, at the end of the day, we have judges and uh, you know the judges in the uh, eviction cases are you know, very familiar. They're very capable of working with tenants. And I we trust them with making factual decisions. And I think this is exactly the sort of factual decision that a judge, you know, would be able uh, to make to determine whether or not, uh, uh, you know, the tenant is suffering from a legitimate COVID-19 related uh, distress, or if they're just taking advantage of of the system. And what what I'll tell you, Michael, is I I have not had any clients uh, uh, that are on it, you know, bonafide taking advantage of a tenant that has, you know, suffered a COVID-19 mm-hmm. related loss of income. And, and I, we talked about this last time, no landlord wants to do an eviction. No landlord wants that an there's eviction. Been a failure. Nobody wants yeah. an eviction. They're expensive. The turn is expensive. It's <laughs> yucky. It's not an outcome we want. Yeah, this exactly. So no landlord wants to get here. And, you know, uh, you see some of the news coverage, it almost makes it sound like this is the landlord's dream to go through a litigation yeah. and and you know lose out you know seven eight grand yeah it, and it just doesn't make it's just not reality yeah. but that's the perception out there um and you know unfortunately you know we have to deal with what yeah. we have and if you're investing in the valley by and large you're able to move forward with these cases pretty regularly very things cool. are very different in the bay area uh, alameda county San Francisco County, they have a uh, local moratoria that are effectively stopping everything. Wow. And so it's uh, hopefully you're not, uh, you know, you're in some of the more reasonable areas of the state and you can kind of get, get through okay. Very cool. But, you know, we, uh, all I can do is, uh, you know, apply the law to yep. a particular situation and, um, you know, go from there. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you reading up on SB uh, 91 reaching out to me. Do me a favor. Anything you see material change in the landlord tenant relationship, let me know. We'll get this recorded so you can continue to help uh, amazing investors in California. I, I thank you for your time.
Well, hopefully next month that uh, portal or that application will be set up and, uh, you know, you maybe go. eventually, you know, landlords will be able to log into it. I, uh, you know, but the, we'll, we'll see what happens. And maybe next time I can even uh, manage to put a tie on. We'll, uh... <laughs> it's okay, dude. I'm wearing a hoodie. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Well, uh, oh, really appreciate you having me. You got it.